Hey, this is Todd Stacy and Mary Sell. Welcome to In the Weeds with Alabama Daily News, where we break down what's happening in the never dull world of Alabama politics. So, Mary, it's it's been a minute. I was looking back. I think we haven't done a, an episode in two months, which I regret. Yes. But part of that is we both took much needed vacations and there's just been a lot going on. But uh, anyway, good, good to be back. It is good to be back. I'm glad we're doing this. Uh, it's been a busy summer. It is. There's just been a, a lot. And yeah, I, I took a good chunk of July off. So my my fault. Um, and then. Absolutely not. I'm not going to let you get away with that. We all need time off. And uh, especially given how hard you work and running really this news organization. And so um, that's, that's just part of it. If you If you don't get time off, it's just, you know, you work ourselves silly. So, uh, but well, didn't you I go back home it. to Michigan? I did. I took the kids up to to Michigan for two weeks. It was just pure Michigan chaos. We did a lot, got a lot of outdoor fun, kayaking and swimming and Great Lakes and all the good stuff. It was nice. And then you just got back from a pretty fabulous vacation. It, it was absolutely wonderful. Um, went to Tortola on the in the British Virgin Islands. And so, which I know sounds like, some, you know, some, it, I mean, it is tropical and it's, it's wonderful. I mean, uh, but it was with friends and uh, had a little house out there and it was just fa- nice. fantastic and lots of relaxation, lots of sailing, lots of hiking, but more nice. importantly, time away which yeah. uh, I was grateful for. And time I tried not to bother you too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it really was a, it was a true vacation in, in terms of I wasn't, I mean, I think I was checking the email just to, you know, but it wasn't, I didn't have to write it, you know? And so yeah. I, that, that's, that's, that's really, really nice, but it's been a while since I've actually been able to do that. So thank you. And you're um, welcome. I'm glad it worked out, but glad to be back. And right before, I departed. Uh, we did something interesting and went and covered the business council meeting. Yeah. Right. And so th- what's, what's interesting about this is that, I mean, I've been going to this conference for years, but just like as a member, right. Mm-hmm. Either a member or back in the day during uh, works for various politicians, you know, sort of on their behalf or as part of their staff. Um, but they were, you know, interesting and, um, interested and open to both Alabama Daily News and APT coming in and actually covering the conference, which has really never happened before. And right. so that was pretty cool. That was very cool. That was, it's an incredible event. I mean, what they say, 650 people, record crowd. Um, all Almost all of our sources were there. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I mean, and that's what's important. And, and our remember saying like, you know, we've got to be careful not for it to be like this commercial for right. what is essentially a lobbying organization. But what's unique about BCA or the conference is that it really is the largest in terms of all the top politicians, all the top business leaders. It's just, you know, there are many very good ones, but I think everybody agrees that's sort of the, the premier one. And so why not cover it? Why not? Right. Um, sort of bring people in, bring readers, bring viewers in to see what happens here. 
And um, you make people a little nervous when you bring some cameras in there. But uh, <laughs> I, I had a few people coming up to me like, why are you here? What are you doing here? <laughs> Who else is here? So, but. <laughs> but they didn't give us, they, they didn't give us little hats with, you know, press card. <laughs> right. The, yeah. Didn't, we didn't have to stay in a cage anywhere. It was, yeah, it was great. And the, the panels that Saturday morning, the, the various panels that we wrote about and you talked about on the show really fabulous it's just having that many people in the same room talking about the same topics yeah fantastic it is and uh, i enjoyed the um polling Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, republican and democrat pollsters kind of giving their different perspectives that's neat um uh the ceos which i really i didn't see much of that because i was about to interview jimmy rain but yeah um, that was fantastic yeah the, the the jimmy rain quotes about you know, why he was asked, um, you know, why do, why should businesses be involved in, in politics and helping to uh, advocate and select, endorse politicians? And he, you know, basically the quote was, you know, like computers, garbage in, garbage out, and you have to be involved or you deserve what you get. And so it was pretty. Which was is an interesting cr- comment in a room full of politicians. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, who's he talking about? <laughs> but he got a big applause. Yeah. That was probably the line, one of the lines of the weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah. I sort of, I sort of built upon that in our conversation after, you know, kind of what would you mean by that? And and also getting at the fact that, so he, Great Southern Wood operates, like is physically operational in 12 states. I mean, they have like plants or whatever, right. like 12 states. I think they have, they operate. 30? somehow and like yeah oh, more than 30 so like the point was you see a lot of different types of yeah politicians types of governments and you know kind of getting into that which i thought was um yeah i, I thought it was well stated and, and needed to be yeah. said and it's a perfect place for it when you've got a captive audience full of right state's top <laughs> leaders right yeah it was a great event i was so, glad yeah. we were in the room and a lot sure. of good feedback thank you thanks uh, to listeners or viewers of you know, great feedback from, from all that coverage. So, um, but okay. Moving forward to this week, you've been doing a lot of reporting. Um, there was this ARPA oversight, the ARPA oversight committee. So ARPA $2 billion in change that was doled out, allocated, uh, to various agencies to continue to, to spread out around the state. Um, you know, there was ARPA-1 in 2022 and then in the ARPA-3, the, the second tranche this spring. And now there's this oversight committee that's sort of monitoring the spending because we know we have deadlines that everything has to be pledged to various projects by the end of 2024 and it has to be spent by the end of 2026. And there is a you know concern that if it's not spent, it'll be clawed back by the federal government. And obviously nobody wants that to happen. Let me ask you something real quick. When you say allocated, does that mean put in a budget like say say ADEM? Sure. Does that mean if they So what lawmakers did this year and last year was basically put put the money in in buckets. Um they said that we were going to allocate so much money towards Broadband, you know, three hundred million dollars towards broadband, and said, "Adeka, here you go. You disperse this." Um, they said, "You know, six hundred and 
$30 million for water and sewer. ADIM, here you go. You disperse this. Um, and then some of some of the allocations were a lot easier. You know, they wanted to beef up the state's unemployment fund that yeah. you know, reimburse it, hospitals. Yeah. Reimburse hospitals. Yeah, that's easy. Boom. It's out the door. It's gone. Uh Kirk Fulford actually had a really great chart that we linked to on the website showing, you know, how much money was um pledged to different agencies and how much has actually been spent. And and that stuff the you know to the health insurance boards for state employees, you know, that mm-hmm. that was easy to spend. It's this ADECA money for sewer and water and the broadband yeah. that they're really worried about because every state has a incredible amount of money to spend right sure. now on these projects, all this federal money. And there's just a competition for supplies for engineering firms that can do this. And you, a lot of this money, you know, ADECA on the water, uh, I'm sorry, ADEM on the water and sewer, they came up with a sort of ranking system and communities applied. And these are a lot of small communities and not a knock on them, but maybe they don't have the, you know, they don't have an engineer, a dedicated engineer to do this. So everybody's kind of winging it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, so, so you were talking about the different deadlines, 2024 and 2026. So would you say that we have already, we've already done the allocation um, is that the legislature budgeting it or is that an, eight? no, I think it needs to go a step further. It's, it's the, the allocation that 2024 deadline is this water project in Montgomery, this sewer project in green County. Um, that's the 2024 deadline. The actual, this is where it's going to be spent down to the. And then 2026. Level. Okay. 2026 is c- cutting the check. Like the, the, 20 yeah. it's spent it's gone yeah. yeah and so that and that's the big concern and um state finance director bill pool yesterday said you know there's there's rumblings that maybe congress will extend this deadline but he said we're not we're not basing this on any rumors or wishes we are going by the deadline that's in the law and so mm-hmm. they're really going to be monitoring and they were asking adeca this oversight panel was asking ADECA and asking ADEM, okay, if it looks like this money can't be spent, we want to know early because we want to be able to make other plans. Because again, nobody wants to send this money back to the federal government when it could easily be reallocated and spent somewhere else. Yeah. Hmm. So, and it's, it, at this point, it's not, I mean, they, everybody's confident that some of these projects will not be able to get done for various reasons. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, a lot to ask to say. It's I mean, a lot to ask. Uh, so, um, and, and and I, I think it could be likely that um, Congress extends it. I, I'm pretty sure they did that with CARES Act at least mm-hmm. once. Uh, yeah. They came in and just gave a small extension, which made all the difference. I mean, there was, they were trying to get that money out the door. Of course, you know, sort of different goals with CARES Act and, ARPA, like right. they were trying to jumpstart the economy, right? Right, like, right. I think we can, yeah. uh, it's, it's a little different with ARPA. but And one thing that I had forgotten um, about CARES, if, if we get to the point where this money is not going to be able to be spent, they don't have to, the legislature doesn't have to reappropriate 
reappropriate it. Um, and they did this with CARES, and I forgot until yesterday, towards the end of 2020, they had to move some buckets around. And it would be the same process here if, if it gets to that point. But everyone I talked to yesterday wants them, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to have to have discussions again about what to do with this money. They don't want to have to open this back up. Um, so I think they're, they're just hopeful that ADECA and ADEM have, have plans to, to get this money in the ground somewhere. Okay. Um, there was also, uh, a committee meeting on ethics this week, and you reported on this super early. We had this actually in Inside Alabama Politics, yeah, uh, the latest edition, because you had the scoop. You talked to uh, State Representative Rep. Matt Simpson. Is that is it Simpson? Yeah, um, about some of his plans with this. Yes. What what were his? I mean, let's just say from the beginning, opening up the ethics code is always politically fraught. Right. So, so to hear him just say, "Hey, we're let's, let's do this," is, is kind of interesting. What did he talk about? Right. So Representative Simpson, who's in his uh, this is his second term, he's okay. the ethics ethics uh, committee chair. Um, you know, he he said that it is just too many laws. Well, I shouldn't say too many laws, but they are. It's very broad. It's very cumbersome and people just don't know which law applies to who does this apply to a lobbyist does this apply to the lawmaker their families there just needs to be some clarification and it needs to be made more simple um and then there's also some parts that could probably be tightened up a little bit um there was a report done in 2018 the lawmakers put together to to look at the various laws and um, make suggestions i think we've We've linked to that report on the website. Um, but for example, statements of economic interest. Uh, every state employee, every elected official has to fill those out every year. And it kind of shows, you know, where people where people are making their money, um, what their business interests are. But it misses a lot. I was about to say, um, I've had to do those and it's like, I don't know. It's it's, it's pretty it's vague. vague. It's yeah. very vague. And not I, that I not that I think it should be that much more specific, but um, well, my my beef for with, certain officials maybe so. Yeah, my I always go back to former House Majority Leader Mickey Hammond in you know 2015 2016. He had a part ownership in a healthcare company that was actively lobbying the legislature, and yeah. that didn't show up on his statements okay. of economic interest. That's a problem. So, and, and that's that's one thing. Like Senator Orr has has talked about that for a couple of years, and so um, I think uh, he he might be interested in that as well. But yeah, so Representative Simpson, they had their first meeting the other day just to talk about um, that report, and he is, and you know, I think the goal is possible legislation in. 2024 and he knows and i think he'll, he'll find out real soon he will you know get some pushback because it it is it's a lots of people don't want to crack open these laws and and i remember you reporting speaking of bca you reported last summer um when delmarsh and mac mccutcheon were talking about their sort of highlights of their careers and and marsh said you know i wish one thing we would have done is is gone back and and redid some of the 2020 Sorry, some of the 2010 yeah. changes. 
Well, now I think what he said was that he wished he would have pushed pause and just not gone forward with that. And that look, I was, I was around. I was a part of that. I was, uh, you know, working in Governor Riley's office, and he's the one pushing it. The guy who wrote it was Brian Taylor, who had just gotten elected mm-hmm. to the Senate. And look, it was like a central campaign platform for most Republicans who were seeking office because, as complicated as the ethics code is now. Before that revision, it wasn't complicated. It was just, <laughs> yeah, it was just non-existent. I mean, you just, right. I mean, the the legislature lawmakers would just walk out of the chamber and say, "Who's taking me to dinner tonight?" You know, nice. and it was just a, a kind of a wild west. So it needed reform. Um, a lot of those, a lot of what was in that bill was very good, well intended got some revision, like some amendments toward the end that sort of screwed everything up. But um, in any case, what the, the product, the what exists now is just very problematic from uh, a lot of people's perspective. But um, I would say, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's tougher than it used to be, which is a good thing. But mm-hmm. the, the thing about ethics is that it's essentially a user's manual for, government, right? Everybody has to go and abide by this stuff. And if it's, you know, so cumbersome, you can't understand it, then it's, it's a problem. And and not just cumbersome, but duplicative. And in some cases, contradictory, right? right? Like, well, it says one thing over here, but it says another thing over here. So yeah, it needs to be simple. Everybody needs yeah. to know what the rules are that they're playing by. But on the politics, the reason nobody's ever wanted to crack it open is not because like, oh, the lobbyists or the you know, those who want to violate the ethics law or would be against it. It's not that it's the political implications of, of any time you crack it open to say somebody, some interest out there uh, is going to convince a writer mm-hmm. that, that they are weakening the ethics code. Right. Right. They're, they're, they're rolling back the ethics code. And so everybody was kind of afraid of that for a long time. And some maybe still are, um, but that's that was the fear. I think right. the, the legislature is less uh, afraid of those um, articles these days, and and you know we all we're all reporting on this stuff. We're I'm going to give them a fair shake if it's right. If it's pretty clear that they're not actually weakening the ethics law, right? They're just making it you know clear. I'm going to push back on any. Um, columnist out there that tries to say different. Right. And Representative Simpson, he's a former prosecutor, um, seems like a pretty stand-up guy. I I think he's coming at this from a very genuine, we need to clean this up kind of place. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll see what goes on with that. I'm I'm really interested in in seeing what happens with ethics. And, And as you mentioned from the prosecution standpoint, and you bring in the attorney general too, well, they need an ethics code that makes it absolutely black and white so that when somebody does do wrong, it is easy to understand. Yeah. Uh, It it is not a complicated trial at all. And that's what it's been really in the past. And so um, anyway, we'll, we'll be watching that going forward. Um, What else to talk about? Oh, we had a, I, I, was very happy with Alexander's story today about medical marijuana and the possible prices. Cause that's something that I 
have been hoping we take a look at for a while. Yeah. Alex has just been really killing it on this issue. Yeah. Uh, really, really well sourced. And um, it's, instead of just kind of taking the AP story, like really digging in. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a, a, a story worth reading. I mean, okay. If you're a potential medical marijuana patient, how much is it going to cost you? Because I mean, the, the underlying question here, the, the premise here is insurance doesn't pay for it. Right. Right. The Blue Cross does not, because it is a federally, well, it's illegal, right? right. It's a controlled substance or not even right. really that. It's, it's, um, it's still, narcotic. yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. Insurance is not going to pay for it. And we've seen in, in other states, um, that it can be expensive and, and, so expensive that people, even if they want to get, you know, regulated medical marijuana, they're, they're priced out of it. And so, um, but, but yeah, Alex got some good numbers from actually one of the, the, uh, cannabis commission vice chairman, uh, Mr. Blakemore, he's a pharmacist and he's been studying this issue and we were able, he was able to say, you know, our product is going to look most like Louisiana and Minnesota and here's what it costs there. So that it was really interesting. Um, now they just need to get through all these lawsuits. And yeah. Maybe. For, so $4,200 a year is 4, what they're saying. Yeah. About $350 a month um, for on average. And, Which, you know, I mean, that'll vary because it depends on the person's condition. Um, sure. I mean, yeah, three, yeah. yeah, 350 yeah. a month works out to $4,200 a year. I, yeah, I'm not up on my street value prices, um, so I don't, I don't know. Come on, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do a little more research What's on a, that? <laughs> you don't, you don't know the running cost of a dime bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal in Michigan. Well, <laughs> what year is it? We need to. <laughs> yeah, right. I did in 1997. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, but well, okay. So mm-hmm. when I'm. I saw his story and I'm getting into edit it or whatever. Um, I was like, okay, how do I process this $4,200 a year number? I'm like, well, that's, you know, obviously a lot of money, but spread out over a whole year. I, Cause I, I guess that's the oh. assumption, right? Like you said, $350, yeah, $350 a month. A month. I, that I seems mean, it's kind of reasonable for a, for a, a powerful drug. Um, I don't a powerful know. medication, say, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously it would not be that way if it were, if insurance was covering it. Right. But, but under the circumstances, that is to me, that's not that surprising. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just, it depends on people's circumstance and what, you know, what they're dealing with. And if, if they've got these chronic, you look at the list of, of ailments that, that people have to have to qualify, you know, cancer. Um, yeah. So they're already I, probably paying. A they're already probably, they're probably already kind of, I don't know. I, it's yeah. just going to depend on the individual, but I, I certainly hope people don't get priced out of it. Um, and then the, and the I, go ahead. I think there will certainly be things like um, foundations that start up to sort of pool costs and, and, and offer people help, things like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if insurance isn't going to pay for it, I mean, it's just basically your, your what companies can charge, right? So right, right, and and that's part of the story. Um, you know, these companies they're going to need people, uh, 
Alex talked to to one of the the association advocates. You know, they need people to sign up. They need people to be buying it because, you know, th- these are these are businesses and they're so they need more, customers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's interesting. It's interesting. And I don't know, the commission is still saying, uh, Rex Vaughn, the uh, commission chair, he's still saying he's hopeful that even despite the lawsuits, we could have medical marijuana by the end of the year. I I don't know. I think that's wildly optimistic. I mean, it takes like three or four months to grow a plant, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know. And, and again, I mean, I, these these um, <laughs> you don't know how long it takes <laughs> to grow a, a bud. Um are there are there people we can call um so so i've been asking around about this um just for our edification and maybe one day in inside Alabama politics we can just go ahead and ruin it right now um so some of these companies i mean just because they're not putting seeds in the ground doesn't mean they're not already you know doing a lot of construction and other things and that that doesn't that doesn't have to stop because of the court you know, because, right. because they, they stopped the commission. So um, I think a lot of that's still going on and they're, you know, they're, they want to be ready. Uh, and, you know, the other thing, the other thing is whenever there is a legal decision on this, I don't know when that's going to be um, hopefully sooner than later. Um, but that won't be the end. I think, um, I mean, I think that should be the end for the commission and they'll be able to go through their, steps and do the, you know, have the licenses and and then they're off to the races. I think for the other companies, the companies that are suing, they got left out, they have, you know, you know, big problems with what happened. You're going to see them go back to the legislature and say, let's open this back up. We got treated unfairly, whether or not that's the case that there is always because, because it's um, every one of these companies that is suing, they have a lobbyist, right? right and that, right. And, and they have powerful, uh, influential uh, help there. And so I totally, no matter how this works out, I absolutely expect um, that there to be a big push to open it back up. Whether that means more licenses, that seems like the most, the, the most obvious remedy is just having more licenses. Right. Um, but it it's, that's the one, if you were a company that got left out and that is currently suing, and let's just say it goes to the Supreme Court and you lose, that's not your only recourse. You can go back to the legislature, and I think they will. Yeah. Interesting. So speaking of medical marijuana, um, the sponsor of that bill, <laughs> uh, well, I was, it'll, it'll get to be a good story, but gosh, he was, he was fell oh, ill and- he fell ill in um, Korea in, in just a scary situation with, uh, I mean, um, well, you tell the story because you you talked to him so, and yeah. talked to others. Yeah. Uh, Senator Melson um, from Florence, uh, towards the end of July, was part of a, a delegation in South Korea. Um, there have been, I think that was at least his second trip. Um, but yeah, fell ill very suddenly and... Um, he told me Arthur Orr saved his life. Um, wow. Senator Orr was there and performed CPR until um, professional medical help could arrive. But yeah, it was a um, cardiac event. And Senator Melson was in, in a hospital in South Korea for almost two weeks 
little over two weeks, I believe, but he's, he's been home now for almost two weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I joke that when, uh, after, after he'd been ill or been there for a couple of days, you know, I just sent him a text. I said, Hey, I don't know if you're going to see this, but just one, you know, I'm thinking of you. And so a couple Sundays ago, my phone starts ringing. And usually when a source is calling on a Sunday morning, it's not a good thing, but I was so happy to get to talk to him and he was doing much, much better. And I've, I talked to him once this week. And so I, I told him we need to talk uh, on the record about what happened and, and what's next. But yeah, he's, he's doing much, much better. And I'm very glad to hear it. Thank goodness. And yeah, and Arthur Orr saved his life. How about that? Yeah. So that is, yeah, it's. Like you said, the, um, Never a dull moment in Alabama politics. We're, we're, we're very happy. I mean, I, I was really kind of anxious to get updates. And because, um, you, you know, you just never know. You hear CPR, you know, right. you hear cardiac coma. And yeah, yeah. Cardi- so yeah. Um, just. But yeah, he was, yeah, he was on life support for several days. Um, but yeah, you talk to him and he's. He's the same Senator Melson. So Good. he's. Full of good humor. He is, yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing him back in Montgomery. Maybe we can get him yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, I'll work on that. Um, okay, Redistricting? Redistricting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was kind of glad to be on vacation when that ruling came down. I was like, okay, I'm just kind of... Yeah. I'll let, I'll let y'all take it from here. But, well, not not ruling the, the, the day the hearing happened. Right. But, um, I mean, look, I've been asked about this on the radio and other places. And it's like, there, there's nobody that expects this three judge panel to agree with what the legislature did. Right. Nobody, the attorney right. general, the legislature, nobody, obviously their play was to get past the three judge panel and get to the Supreme court, or right. maybe uh, there's a chance Kavanaugh could, um, could change his, his mind or, or the, the difference in the map could change his mind mm-hmm. and the argument. Uh, so, I mean, when that ruling comes down, I mean, it, we're recording this Thursday night. It could be tomorrow morning. You know, right. I don't know. But um, then the process begins. They will appeal. Uh, the attorney general will appeal to the Supreme Court. Um, you know, that's sort of done generally in an emergency fashion, you know. And so they kind of they call it the shadow docket and so or the rocket docket. Mm-hmm. And so. Whether or not the Supreme Court, first, first of all, the first decision is, will the Supreme Court decide to take it up in that emergency fashion? And if they don't, if they if they don't agree that it's an emergency, if they don't agree that they should be taken up, then that's the ballgame. Um, you know, that that I, I suppose they could still take it up in non-emergency fashion. But that's that's really this could be over very soon. Right. Um, so. And, and look, I've talked to people that are proponents of what the state is trying to do. The state meaning the attorney general's office and the Senate, because that's that's essentially what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, that, mm-hmm. and that, that was borne out in that hearing was that uh, the solicitor general, Eddie LaCour, was working very closely. I mean, I saw him in the hallways mm-hmm. in the Senate basically saying, you know, here are the levels that you need to be at in order for us to have a good argument. And so that's the, because I'll, you know, there, there were some house members that weren't really happy with that plan. They're, Mm -hmm. 
their um, second district black voting age population percentage was a lot higher, you know, and, and it, they thought it was a lot fairer, a lot more defendable map, uh, defensible map. So anyway, we'll see. I, I think we'll definitely know by this time next month, I think, I think September mm-hmm. 21st is kind of drop dead, but like, I think we could know sooner than later. And I mean, my, my prediction, because you're just judging by the percentages, right? It's a long shot with the court, with the Supreme court. Everybody acknowledges that it is a long shot to try to get Kavanaugh to, to, to reverse. um, But especially given all the rhetoric and given all the media narrative to, if he voted a different way, even if it was very specific to Alabama, it would be construed. It would be understood and reported widely that he was overturning the Voting Rights Act, and that's right. like that's a pretty tough pill to swallow, uh, right. not just for Roberts but for Kavanaugh. So, I, I would I would think uh, this time next month a special master would be hard at work mm-hmm. um, producing a uh, a new map. We've covered a lot of ground. What else? What else happened in the last two months? Oh, well, Trump was here. <laughs> Trump was here. <laughs> well, and this is, yeah, okay. So um, I went, I went to the Trump event. Chairman mm-hmm. John Wall invited me. I appreciated. He actually invited me to the DeSantis event too. I couldn't go. I would have gone. I, I, that was been. right at the beginning of session, wasn't it? Right. That was like beginning of March. And it was when DeSantis was like doing really well. Right. Right. And which made it super interesting. And it had a a big crowd and everything. But obviously the tables have turned and and, um, Trump is now just leading the field by even more and and leaving everybody in the dust. So it came at a really interesting time. It came the day after uh, he was um, indicted indicted in the Washington case. Mm -hmm. Right. The the Jack Smith. January 6th uh, case. So, I mean, so, you know, just so much attention around this. Right. Um, Very friendly crowd to walk into the next day. <laughs> it was a, it was a madhouse. I, I've never been to an event like that. Uh, it was just, it, it just really stayed with me how adoring this crowd was of Trump. I mean, look, it's, it's Republicans. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, but you've got also, I mean, look, there are different types of Republicans. You, you definitely have your MAGA types and everything, mm-hmm. but it was more than that. It was types you may not think would go that way. were absolutely, you know, in all of the, in all of the guy. And so, I, um, and of course, during that event or leading up to that event, it was announced that, um, the state's Republican House members had all endorsed mm-hmm. Trump like that day. Right. And so I actually talked to Congressman Jerry Carl about this uh, for Capitol Journal this week, asking like what led up to that. Um, and because of, of course it was coordinated, right? I mean, sure. it all happened on the same day. And he, he said that, yeah, the Trump campaign essentially recruited him, right? One by mm-hmm. one, wanted him. And he said he was the last one really to get recruited and he had some concerns and everything he has a you should just listen to our conversation on capital journal but uh i mean it's really something because if you go back 
to that DeSantis event, if you go back to February, March, um, when DeSantis is really gaining in the polls, I mean, we had one at like, he's like 37, right. you know, th maybe 35 to Trump's like 41 or something. That's not a lot. And yet all of these indictments and all of this trouble yeah. has only made Trump more popular amongst Alabama Republicans. I mean, right. you can probably say that amongst well, and that, Republicans nationwide, but it's going back to the going back to the BCA event and talking to the pollsters there, that's what you know the the Republican pollster said. He said people made their decision about Trump a long time ago, and these these indictments don't matter to them. Yeah, I remember that. That was a, a really good observation, and um, and I, I also heard an observation about you know if you were a Trump fan. Um, or, or even just a Trump voter in, in some cases, then back in 2016 or in 2020 or both, you you could have and, and maybe probably did endure some real criticism from family members. Maybe relationships were mm -hmm. um, yeah. harmed, you know, your, your, your kids not speaking to you or, right, or you know, right, right. things that there, there was a real social cost. Right. For for some Trump voters. And so, like, they've paid that. And, and I mean, and so w once you have committed to that level, it, there's really no going back. Right. Yeah. Or, or more more accurately, because they can change their mind about who they want to vote for. But there's no criticism of Trump that they're going to be like, oh, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, three indictments was fine, but this fourth, <laughs> I don't know. This is where I draw the line. Yeah, right. right. And so that's for the that's for the the Trump supporter. For those who who were on the fence and have now come to Trump, I really do think it's about this. You know, us versus them. Like he has an enemy. In politics, it's just good to have an enemy. So, mm -hmm. um, with you know, you've got the Biden administration, the Biden DOJ coming after him with two indictments. You've got, you know, uh, a liberal Democrat in New York coming after him with an indictment, mm -hmm. which I think everybody agrees that one was the, the, the most dubious. But and then an, an, another one in Georgia. And so even if even if Georgia was like the was clear cut, like best one, just, you just, you're just piling on. Right. Plus, you've got the whole Hunter Biden stuff, and they're you know yeah. the perception that they're not doing anything about it. He's getting a sweetheart deal. You add all that up, and it's just the perfect storm for folks to say, you know, I don't really care what's going on with the Republican nomination. Mm -hmm. I want to elect this guy back to to get him back, right? Yeah. To to put it to Biden and put it to DOJ, FBI. Like that's sort of this. I think that's part of this way. Does it last? I don't know. I, I'm I'm bad at predictions, as anybody who's ever worked with me <laughs> uh, on political campaigns would say. But um, but it's really something. And and yeah. sitting in that room and watching it was just really something. It, uh, I was not. I, I was expecting a a friendly crowd. Yeah, it was, it was. a an adoring crowd. Yeah. Something could change around in this race, and who knows? But um, I expect Trump to just absolutely dominate Alabama. Um, but um, I guess we shouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah. I think 
Uh, yeah, I, I had I had quite an experience that night, and I say that it was it was very similar. That I went to the convention in uh, Cleveland in 2016. Right, this is before I was. This is when I was still in politics, and um, it, it was a very similar feeling to that of just like yeah, this 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 movement is happening. You're you're watching something take place that is unexpected and, and novel. Um, but maybe it's not novel anymore, but it's it's happening again. It's felt very similar. And uh, I think I think most anybody in that room would would agree that it felt very similar. And it was just something like, wow, this is something's happening here. So anyway, we got our little front row seat into this crazy thing that's happening in the political and in the national political scene. And, and Alabama is once again playing a central role. Yeah. So as we do. All right. Well, that's that's a lot for a for that's a comeback a pod. Yeah. Um, Next but, time we'll get a guest. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's uh let's get Donald Trump on. <laughs> if he if he wouldn't go to the debate, I don't think he's yeah I don't know. yeah go on Capitol Journal, but or uh in the weeds. So, all right, Mary. Well, until next time, this has been fun. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Bye.